I'm so glad you're joining me for this episode of Street Soldiers on Hip Hop's 50th birthday. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. You know, they said that it wouldn't last, but that was 50 years ago. And now hip hop is always and hadn't been for the last several years, probably a few more than that, one of the most streamed forms of music uh, around the world internationally. The popularity continues to grow. The diversity continues to grow. And what we wanted to do with this show was just celebrate what we all love individually about hip hop, what we've seen develop and grow and just celebrate it and honor it. So joining me for this incredible conversation is Ralph McDaniels. He's the founder of the Video Music Box Show. It's hip hop's longest running music video show. Ralph, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. We appreciate it. Also with us is Carl Lavar. He's the deputy director of R&B and hip hop for Billboard. He's inter interviewed many of the biggest names in the hip hop culture one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. Carl, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Lisa. We appreciate it. Also with us is Torre. He's a, a songwriter and recording artist. Torre, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And also with us, the one and only Melly Mel, our grandmaster Melly Mel, a hip hop pioneer from the Bronx, of course, joining us. <laughs> uh, Staying in great shape always throughout all the years. Melly Mel, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Lisa. Thank Melly, you. I want to I, I, Melly, I want to start with you on this. What was, like, when did you first start to feel this hip-hop thing happening or the sound? What was your kind of birth into it? Well, I mean, uh, me, me, me being an A1, a day one A1 guy, you know, uh, started out in the early days of Cool Herc, which is what the 50th is all about. It was cool. It was, it was this Cool Herc actual 50th anniversary that party uh, uh, and, uh, and, and Cedric Avenue that was it was 50 years ago in 73. 73, I was I was actually a kid, so I didn't really, you know, I, I wasn't really going out, you know. We, I didn't really go out till like about four years later, but I think the point where I knew that hip hop was going to actually be is big because I, I I never I never really looked at it like how everybody else looked at it, but that wasn't actually until Biggie came around. It was a Biggie song, and we was at a pop club. They were playing top 40 music, like Madonna and all that, and, and they played "I'm Sicker Than Your Average," "Papa Twist," "Cabbage on This Day," and the whole dynamics of the club changed. Like they went from playing Madonna. And they, you know, they was all dressed up in costumes and white girls started twerking. And that's when I realized hip hop really, that they really cut. Not the, not the fact that what, like what I did, or because we, that was after he made the message and all that, but not, and so it wasn't actually what I did, but what the, the whole scheme of hip hop, what everybody was doing, like, like, that's when I seen where everybody fought into hip hop. And, and it actually brought me into tears. It's like, it, it, because I, I seen that, you know, it, it it was bigger, you know, it was bigger than, it was bigger than me. It was bigger than the whole game. Like it was, it was hip hop. It was going to change the whole spectrum. And, and, and it has, Ralph, for you, when you founded Video Music Box, I mean, now we're so used to videos. Videos are everything. We make them on our phones. Everybody, you know, video is such a huge part of our daily lives. But when you started this, what you were doing was very unusual. Yeah, absolutely. You know, hip hop uh, or just black artists in general weren't on TV on a regular basis. We were happy to see Shaka Khan or uh, Rick James or Michael Jackson whenever they put him on Soul Train or Don or uh, Dick Clark. You know, but 
you know, when I started playing the music videos, there was a lot of videos that weren't getting played, especially on MTV. And so it was an opportunity for us to play some of those artists. And hip hop was the youth at that time. That was the young music, you know. And so when uh, the Bat Boys made videos and Udini and Grandmaster Flash and Furious Five and Run DMC, that was the wave of people that had videos. Some didn't have videos because it wasn't in the budget before uh, before that 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 crew. No, definitely. Torrey, for you, your your birth as a songwriter, recording artist, and your whole career in hip hop, what was the first, what were some of the first rumblings that you had where you really were like, wow, this is something I need to get into this more? Um, you know, it was crazy for me. I don't know a world without hip hop music. I obviously I've watched it grow and turn into this multi-billion dollar business. But coming up in Brooklyn, New York, you know, in the 90s, like hip hop was there. In the 80s, hip hop was already there. So for me, I just looked to my left and my right and it was the guys driving, you know, driving the sobs or driving the souped up Maximas or the boom boxes out or just the rope chains. Like all of it, um, before we knew it was culture, before we knew it was trend saying, it was just a way of life. And so for me, um, I'm fortunate enough to not know a time without hip hop. Uh, but it was always what I wanted to do. Like it was never, ever. I think I've been blessed in the fact that I had a goal and I was working towards it with everything that I did. So it wasn't like I took a bunch of twists and turns to get where I wanted to go. Every move I made was calculated towards being in the business. Even when I took fast food jobs, I worked at McDonald's. So I could get studio time so I could make songs to put out a record. Right. So it was always here. Uh, Carl, what about for you? Because you you've really been a pioneer in taking hip hop journalism into the mainstream and are also bringing a lot of artists into the mainstream entertainment uh, arena and the platform that it, that is Billboard. How did your love of hip hop start? Yeah, I mean, my came very, very early. Like I was five years old, born in 89. I'm going through like tape cassettes, you know, and I'm seeing Nas, I'm seeing Biggie, I'm seeing Pac. And I think for me, I really started getting my hands dirty when I started getting CDs and everything. and starting to watch 106 in Park, Rap City, The Basement, and, you know, seeing the, the intersection between music and, of course, my love for sports, seeing Allen Iverson coming through with a hip-hop look, rocking the cornrows, the tattoos, really bringing hip-hop into sports, you know? And then, of course, the fashion lines. We had Jay with Rockwear. We had Puff with Sean John. So I was in school always trying to make sure I was laced up with some Sean John, some Rockwear, rocking some answers, you know, from Allen Iverson. I remember even seeing the Allen Iverson Jada Kiss commercial. And I was like, oh, this dude AI is barring up. And then growing up, realizing it was Jada Kiss penning and stuff. So um, just getting like taught, you know, those kind of things uh, very early on helped me really gravitate towards the culture. And then and then in terms of way, as you as you see its growth into where it is now, what what do you think about that? I mean, I think it shows that, you know, this is a culture that has no limits. You know, I think um, to find ourselves at the top of the food chain amongst all the genres speaks to the hard work that the architects have put in, you know, like a Melly Man, a girl, a Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Like knowing that we had those pillars and seeing how it's been able to transcend beyond everything we could have imagined, you could only think what the next 50 years are going to be. No, absolutely. We're going to we're going to talk about that when we come back with our guests. Stay with us. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be right back. What it do, what it do, man. It's your boy, Roscoe Dash. And this is the Street Soldier with Lisa Evers, man. Real issues, real politics, real people. Only on Hot 97. Let's do it.
Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're celebrating the 50th anniversary of hip hop, what I'm saying and calling happy birthday hip hop. We have an incredible panel. They've been involved for a long time, have a lot of different perspectives and experiences, and we're gonna hear from all of them. Ralph McDaniels, founder of the Video Music Box, hip hop's longest running music video show joins us. Also Carl Lamar, he's the deputy director of R&B and hip hop for Billboard. Also with us is Torre, recording artist and songwriter. Also with us, Grandmaster Melly Mel, a hip hop pioneer who is out there making videos and entertaining um, on the regular. So thank you all for being with us, uh, you know, for this episode and helping us to, to understand it. Mel, as you look at where hip hop is right now, what about the role of the DJs? Like, did they play, what role did they play in, in your career? Well, I, well in, in the beginning of hip hop, there, there was only uh, DJs and b-boys. I started out actually as a b-boy. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, uh, and, and, and the DJ was like the cornerstone of, 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 what, of what it was. And that's why even with, with the group, uh, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, then after we started making records and people was confused, like a lot of people would, think that I'm Grandmaster Flat because I was the voice of the group, but it was actually the DJ. And that was that, the, you know, Grandmaster Flash in the period was probably the original theme of what we were. When we started, when, you know, in, in the early days of making records, Sugar Hill Gang, they didn't have a DJ. Most, most of the people went out with bands. Even when Ben Bada went out, they went out with a band. They, they actually dropped the DJ concept because they were trying to blend in to the music that was out that time, which was uh, funk music. And but we actually kept the original concept because uh, it was the DJ that actually moved things along, and, and, and even to this day, uh, it, it's it's the DJ that moves the narrative of the music along. Me personally, I think they do it a kind of an injustice because they they play too many songs at one time, basically. So it's not you're not really getting the chance to understand exactly what the song, the dynamics. You know, it just keep changing, changing, changing instead of just you know, being uh like a, a like a nice little wave or current, and then it goes up and down. They they to me they put it too much, but, but uh it, it's still important because that's the movement of what the of what the of the whole situation is 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 based on what the DJ is doing. No, you're right about that, Ralph. In in terms of the DJ, you were among the first DJs, the video uh, video DJs out there with a with a video music box. What do you think about the DJ's, you know, the DJ's importance in this whole hip hop growth? Sorry, without the DJ, we we wouldn't have what we're doing right now, celebrating hip hop's birthday because that's what brought us to the park because they wouldn't let us in the club. They wouldn't let us into their venues, but the DJ's plugged into the lampposts or wherever, through the wall, somehow or another, and set up some music and everybody came around. And then we started seeing the B-boys and the B-girls. And then finally, a guy like Melly Mel comes up and picks up that mic and starts talking, and then you know it it, it evolves because in the beginning it was just the announcements. You know everybody had the same rap in in the old boroughs. Everybody sounded the same, but then you know Mel took it to a whole other level. You had to step again. Your pen your penmanship up a little bit. <laughs> right, right. About the writing, Torrey. What about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know the the, the importance of the DJs for rappers for MCs was everything, especially when I was coming up. I can remember standing outside, you know, 395 Hudson, right, and waiting for DJs to come out so I could spit 16 or, or rap in the elevator, doing my elevator pitch as an MC. Um, I even maxed out my first credit card getting vinyl made because I was like, well, how do you get your music on the radio? You got to get a record done and you got to get it to the DJs. So just like running up 
on the DJs back then, you know, um, to watch the evolution of where the game is, none of it will be possible without the uh, without the DJs. You know, the MC is on the forefront of the stage. The DJ is the backbone, the heart and soul of it all. Yeah, at one point they try to take the DJ out of the mix, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that that. I'm glad that that was not allowed to happen. You know, I mean, you got certain DJs that are big, big stars. You know, no, look at that's, that's what I want to ask Carl about because it's like, yeah, I understand about taking the DJ out, but the, you, there's a lot of DJs, Carl, that have taken the whole concept of, D, of being a DJ to a whole nother level. I mean, I, I think about Flex. I think about Khaled. Think about drama. Um, and with the newer artists like a Drew, Drewski, they're also producing music as well. What about that? Yeah, I mean, you literally took the words out of my mouth the whole time. I'm thinking about, you know, DJ Drama and what he's been able to do with Gangsta Grills. You know, shout out to Drama. He was able to get a Grammy um, when he was cooking with Tyler, the creator, and his album that came out a couple years ago. And you think about DJ Khaled, who was working in the back, working in ra at radio in Miami, and how he's been able to graduate to become like this DJ artist who's now bringing a host of artists for his albums, you know, whether it's Jay-Z, Future, Drake, and Emmy able to notch a Grammy win for himself with the late Nipsey Hustle. So these guys aren't just in the background anymore. They're front and center, you know, and, and leading the charge as well. And, you know, I still think, regardless of the mixtapes and the albums, when you go to a concert, it's a DJ that's holding it down right. until the main attraction comes on stage. So I always think the DJ has the hardest task of keeping people engaged because you got 30, 40 minutes, sometimes even an hour for an artist to come on. So you got to keep that intensity up. And that's why I think a DJ like Flex, every time there's a concert in New York City, I think a Nas is headlining the garden early this year. Um, the DJ held it down for like an hour. You know, shout out to Clark Kent, shout out to Flex, shout out to all those guys that still... I was skill set Lane. to make a party go. Oh, Shout out to Breen Lane. Lane. Yeah. Breen held that down at the guard. He had that guard upside down at the night show. Had it crazy. Had it crazy. It, it, go ahead. I uh, think uh, uh, to that point, even uh, during the pandemic, and, and this is when you had nothing, they took everything away. I, I basically was in retirement. Uh, what D Nice and, and, uh, and Cassidy did. As far as you know, I mean, people was on the verge of insanity, and when and when they came with that, and and, and see, and and that DJing and hip hop in the simplest form that took everything back to the beginning. Yeah, there's nothing there. And then when uh when uh D Nice came with Club Quarantine and Cassidy was doing his thing, it 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 it, it, it brought, and 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 that's the same thing what DJing and hip hop did in the very beginning. It brought uh people something. When they had nothing at all, and and I, you know, I I I'd love to salute them guys, you know that, cause that that's that's DJing outside of the point where you know, okay, somebody did it to you know, cause we we just did it, you know, because there was nothing to do, and then and then you know, other people did it and they got rich and famous. These guys did it and they they capitalized off it, but this was when I mean that was at the lowest point of of of, of existence in in a lot of years, and 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 it was DJing, it was club quarantine and. You know, and things like passing like that really, you know, put a a, a normalness because and that's what I always said about hip hop. Hip hop was out, come growing up in the ghetto. Hip hop was our new normal. We we didn't have nothing there, and when hip hop came, to, you know, it, it was a normality, and and that's what I think, especially with D Nice with the club quarantine, it it brought a a, a normality where people could listen to them songs or listen to the music and remember, 
you know, when, you know, yeah, things was a lot, it was a lot nicer. You know what I mean? Everybody was, you know, everybody was a lot, a lot more at ease. And and I think that's what, I think that's what the Red DJing is about. And I think that's why uh, uh, Club Quarantine was so successful. And and I think that's another, you know, the, the point you're raising too, Mel, about that is that this is a, this is a culture. This is a huge international culture and musical movement that really was born in some of the most underserved communities in America at that time. And mainly led, you know, led by black and Latino men who often had no representation anywhere. And, and Ralph, you helped a lot with that. And, you know, I, I want to recognize that with video music box by giving a lot of artists, you know, giving a lot of artists exposure that they really deserve. Yeah. I mean, prior to me coming on TV, the only time I saw young black men was being pushed in the cop car pushing their head down and on the six o'clock news. And I was like, wait, we're doing way more positive stuff than that in our community. I got to show that. And so if it was, you know, something that was going on in the Bronx with, you know, with youth organizations, we would go out there. If it was basketball tournaments, whatever it was, we wanted to just switch the the the, the perspective, perception of what these kids were. And that part is what we wanted to balance out with Video Music Box. So we showed the videos, and we could get hardcore and talk crazy and pull out guns and all, but then we balance it out and we, we you know, and I think that the audience appreciated that because that's what it is. That's what, that's the world we live in. And to, to Ralph's point, I mean, listen, we switched the narrative gracefully when you have somebody like Jay-Z, who's the first rap billionaire, you know what I'm saying? You had, you had Dr. Dre, what he, the success he was able to do with Beat, Touch and Ability, what Puff has been able to do. Again, these are guys that just, transcended and went past the narrative of what they expected from black and brown men and became successful entrepreneurs, whether it's with spirit brands, whether it's with closing lines, or whether it's just diving into whatever endeavors that help better the community. Like we're more than what we just, you know, spew on stage, you know, we're more than the lyrics. We were able to stand behind our community and elevate it in more ways than one. No, and in, in so many ways, when we come back, I'm going to find out what our guests have to say about do they have a favorite era of hip hop? Because, you know, a lot of people have this top five rappers, top, top 10, all this. I'm going to put them on the spot. We're going to hear what they have to say when we come back. Stay with us. Yeah, yeah. What up, what up, what up? This is Styles Peter Ghost, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 97. Yeah, Ghost told you so. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about the 50th anniversary of hip hop, celebrating the music, celebrating the culture, and we got an amazing panel to do just that. Joining me is Ralph McDaniels. He's the founder of the Video Music Box Show. It is hip hop's longest running video music, music video show. Also with us is Carl Lamar. He's the deputy director of R&B and hip hop for Billboard. Also joining us is Melly, Grandmaster Melly Mel, a hip hop pioneer. Also with us is Tere, songwriter, and recording artists. Thank you all for be for being with us. Uh, Melly Mel, do you have a favorite era of hip hop? Well, you know, I'm I'm a day one guy. I think I think the, the original era uh, of hip hop, uh, pre pre record, you know, because what 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 people talk about, you know, the fifty greatest. That's all record. That's that's all record business. That that you know, and that's neither here nor there. But I think uh, me, my favorite era is. is you know, is seeing everything in, in, in the birth of what it is before anybody made record. Because that that's 
that's really what makes hip hop what it is. And even even with the 50th anniversary, it's not necessarily celebrating the, the 10, the 20, the 30. It's celebrating the 50. It's, it's, it's the cool herbs. It's the African bodies. It's the Grandmaster Flats. And, 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 and I'm going to lean that way. I mean, and everybody got their opinion, but I'm going to lean that way because uh, 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 I was there. I mean, I, I seen it all from day one. I seen how every how everything changed from the streets to how the guys that was in the gangs and they stopped gang banging and they, they got into the uh, in, in, into the music business in some form or fashion. And and I think the, the greatness of the change, and I say all the time, hip hop in the first uh, uh, 20 years, it changed everything that everybody been in the world from the dress, from the sound, you know, from how people perceive black people. And none of us fired a shot, and it changed the whole world in 20 years. To to to, to do something that would change the whole world in 20 years, it would first of all it would take more than 20 years. Second of all, you would have to kill millions of people, and we did it, and none of us fired a shot. And that's why the beginning, the first generation of hip hop, is definitely for me the most important generation of hip hop. Do you think that's a message that's needed more now than ever before? Absolutely, because they these guys are ridiculously crazy. It's just off to me. All right, Tore, what about what about you for favorite uh, favorite era of hip hop? Man, I mean, obviously, Melly Mel makes an incredible point, and you know, you you got to have your foundation, right? You got to have your foundation in order to grow from, in order to build from. So, and uh, relevance and importance, definitely that first generation of hip hop. But I'm a, you know, I grew up in the '90s, so. You know, just the feel of the music combined with the style of dress. You know, we got oversized hoodies on and Scullities and Thames and Mob Deep is playing and then Wu is playing and Jay is playing and Fox and Kim and, you know, just, I mean, Onyx, you know, what I really loved about hip hop, and that's just talking about New York, what I really loved about hip hop was in that moment, you know, it took a kid like me who had never even been to the West Coast, but I get a chance to listen to nwa artists like that and now i'm oh wow what's the swap meet what's 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 compton you know what's rose prince what's pressure taking me on this ride you know i had never been to the bay but you listening to what too short and i'm doing and you listen to what sick with it i'm doing um so it allowed me to get out of my you know 500 square foot room and get out into the world and get out into the nation and that's why you know for me man the 90s just that era just nothing better Paul, what about you you, you you studied a lot of music? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I think, you know, biasly for me speaking, I'm kinda kinda gonna bounce off Torre, but take it a little bit to the late nineties, early two thousands. You know, I was a huge G unit kid. You know, what fifty cent was able to do with Get Richard I Tron and the mixtape scene was something we hadn't seen. You know, he was obliterating tracks with freestyles and that's how he really gained his traction. And then you think about around that time, Stu J had just dropped Blueprint and Nas that just came back with Stillmatic. They were going at it. So, and DMX was rising as well, you know, coming in IDEA, dropping two albums, going number one. So it was such a competitive blood sport in hip hop where everybody was trying to battle for the throne. And, you know, being from New York, we we, we just breathe competition. So seeing everybody like having that gladiator mentality, trying to fight for the throne in the early 2000s was probably my favorite because it produced the best music. You know, again, Blueprint, Get Rich or Die Trying, right. um, Stillmatic, Godson. You know, th these are hip-hop classics, you know, looking in, back in retrospect. No, absolutely. 
Carl, what about the influence, the different influence influences over the years? Because we've had little fads that have gone, you know, that that have gone through that hip hop has gone through or whatever. But there is kind of a push with the more international influences too, like from the Caribbean, other places. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I mean, you know, I think right now, currently, the UK is is really thriving. They have a lot of acts coming out of there. I mean, Central C is really thriving. Dave, they put out a collective EP not too long ago that really made some noise. Central C also just did a freestyle with Drake. So you hip hop has been able to go past the United States and really touch different areas where you see talented people overseas showing what they could do on the mic. And that's convincing us to go fly over there and be like, yo, let's try to collaborate, get something done. And I think, again, going back to the foundation of hip hop, it wouldn't have opened doors that we see right now for like an Afrobeat, you know, um, and how I think, what was it, like two years ago, Essence came out, three years ago, where we're seeing like just different pockets of hip hop, you know, evolving like the subgenres, you know, even with drill, you know, what we've been able to see drill and how it's been able to take over coming out of Brooklyn. I mean, from Chicago, Brooklyn, and then now UK, everybody having their hands on drill. It's becoming a worldwide thing. So seeing hip hop being able to flourish beyond the States and see different acts really take it to a whole new dimension has been a sight to see. No, definitely. A yeah. new Go ahead. Jump in. Just, you know, I mean, Caribbean culture has always been a part of hip hop and Latino culture as well. You know, um, if I'm not mistaken, right, Herpes is Jamaican. Yep. Um, but I can remember, like, you know, watching video music box and getting put on to so much dance hall, like Super Cat, like Shaba, like Mad Lion, like Patra, you know, and on and on and on. So, like, I just liken that to being in hip hop or, you know, um, who was on Biggie's album, Diane King, you know, like, it's just, you know, just that, that, that reggae coach, of course, I'm a Brooklyn Knight as well, but that, you know, that dance hall, that Caribbean, that reggae culture, that flavor, that's always been there and it's always been embraced. And, and really a part of the culture, in my opinion. And then in terms of the, in terms of the cultural influence, it, it's like hip hop was, like hip hop has crossed so many barriers, you know, and it's broken down so many barriers between people, between uh, different generations, between different ethnic and racial groups, different countries, that type of thing. Melly Mel, did you ever think that it would be that, that would have that powerful an impact? Not at all. I, I just thought it was something that, you know, that we could do. Because really, I mean, it, it was it was it was based upon what, what what we did was based on more like talent and skill. It wasn't like um before it got territorial or, or you know, before it got like, OK, everybody want to tell the story of how they grew up and then everybody's telling the same story. I mean, it was just something where, you know, uh, you had to have a certain amount of skill to do it. So I just thought it was going to be. Uh, you know, just a certain number of group of people that could do it. But I think I think that there lies the blessing of hip hop, whereas anybody could tell this story. But then the curse of it is what story is it that you're gonna tell? And then what story is it that uh that that the powers that be is gonna sell? Because I I, I, I say all the time as as far as today goes, what is a man in hip hop? What is a woman in hip hop? And how does a man treat his woman as far as hip hop is concerned? And they're selling you a story, and that story is all bad. Uh, but I, I think uh, I, I still think it, it, it went a long way, but I still think it got a long way to go because I mean, fifty years later, this this is not a music that's basically designed for kids. 
This is this is just a, 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 a music that's designed by kings for the kingdom, and and us, you know, and, and especially of Melly Mel, or especially of Ralph McDaniel, is is it's like uh, uh we 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 have we have to uh take care of the kingdom, and 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 not let the kids run the kingdom. They can't, you know, uh uh, uh you know they they could be current, but they can't necessarily be relevant because they don't know no. But do you? And, 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 no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, and they, they don't know no better. And and it's not like you've got to have a conversation with a kid because I don't talk to kids. Melly Mel is the college court. I'm a grown man. I'm 62 years old. I, I know way better. I'm not, not playing. But, 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 what I did. but Mel, let me ask you this because we were, we're talking, Carl brought up our drill music. And of course, drill, drill. there's a lot of drill and a lot of uh, very popular um, up and coming drill artists coming out of the coming out of the Bronx. There's also been a lot of violence around it as well, and just a lot of danger. And as soon as they can, they get out of the Bronx because they're too afraid of of somebody robbing them or or, or shooting at them or or whatever. Don't you feel that they need to be they need to have some kind of understanding of of the ben, you know the positive side of hip hop? Or do you well, find you gotta do like they're they're wrapping oh, oh. about the reality? Well, it, it's, a, it's a reality, but it's a reality, like I said, it, that's reality that's, that's, that they're selling that to you. All you got to do, if, if all of them do, just stop running your mouth and just listen and learn. Look, if, if you were in the hip-hop, study what Melly Mel did with, with, with his life. Study study what Jay-Z did with his life. They ain't they ain't doing the same thing that you're doing. Even, you know, uh, Jay-Z and all of the guys, they emulating drug dealers, drug dealers that stood on the streets and made millions, they had Ferraris, they had Rolls Royces. If you want to stand out on the street all day, as long as y'all be on the street, and if all you got is 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 a, 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 new, a new pair of Jordans and a bullet from the guy that's right up the block, you're a clown. You're doing it wrong. But you you too busy running your mouth. You too busy talking like you just as tough as the next guy instead of just doing the study. Like like I said, study big no study study rock yeah. Like you, they, like you don't have to talk to them because you're not going to listen to what I got to say anyway. You see what I'm saying? And I'm, maybe it's up to 50 Cent to tell you that is the wrong thing to do. But if he ain't going to do it, you don't got to talk to 50 Cent. You're dead. Like I said, Melly Mel is a college course. You're not talking to Melly Mel. I don't, I don't have time like that. But if you study what I did, if you, if, if, if you study uh, uh, what happened after I did what I did, then maybe you, you'll have a, a different, and, and, and it might not come across in the music, but it will come across in your life because it won't be about killing somebody. The, okay. the hardest thing that I ever heard somebody say in my life, it was a big dude, I, I forget his name, I wish I remember his name, he was out of Washington. He said, being tough is not is not how many chains you can take. Being tough is how many chains you can get back. And that's the truth. All right, I love that. And on that note, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with more Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Don't go away. Hey, what up, y'all? This is Lloyd, the King of Hearts, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 9-7. You dig? Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about hip-hop's 50th anniversary, celebrating hip-hop and everything, all the positive things that it's brought into our lives, our culture, and our world, and also a lot of the issues that it's focused on as well. Carl, I have a feeling you want to make some kind of comment about this, about hip the the violence piece that has kind of trailed, you know, trailed behind hip hop or floated in and out at various times. We've seen big artists, some of some of the greats, 
shot and killed. We've seen different incidents with crime. There's, and now because of this whole digital era that we're in, if there's an artist, even with a, you know, any kind of uh, any kind of digital footprint, if they do something wrong in any capacity, it's all of a sudden big news all over the place. Are you concerned that that's kind of taking away from the culture? Uh, yeah. I mean, a thousand percent. You know, I I was just thinking because you know I've been at Billboard specifically for seven years, and you know I could count on both hands how many artists that I had relationships with, connections with, that passed either to you know drug, uh, gun violence, or some kind of overdose, and you know Spotify, the Rap Caviar, they did a um, top fifty as far as like the most streamed albums and songs, and for albums, three out of the top ten. And I might need to be fact checked, but three out of the top ten were artists that were that, that previously passed away, and haven't didn't even touch their prime. So somebody like an XXX Tentacion, who died a couple of years ago in Miami, got shot and killed. He was twenty. Pop Smoke, and he has right Pop Smoke. He was in the top ten as well. Both of them, he was twenty three. So these are guys that put out one to two projects, um, and weren't even able to touch their prime. And you think somebody like a Juice World, another one who didn't even reach his apex, that lost his life due to drug and overdose. You know, you look at somebody like Nipsey Hussle, it, it took Nip to pass, unfortunately, for him to get a Grammy, when this was somebody who cultivated the mixtape scene, you know, with, with Crenshaw and, you know, Proud to Sell. He made it He made it a thing where it's like, I'm going to sell my CDs for 1000 and I want to see if my fans are proud to pay, where fans were paying $1,000 for a mixtape to support their artist, showing that, yeah, there's a chance I could make it in the independent scene. So I say all this to say that, you know, we had had so many bright spots in hip hop, people that were able to, that had the potential to turn the corner and really leave a dent on the culture. And because we're so selfish or because we're clout chasing or because, you know, we're hungry to take a life that we're losing some of our gifted artists at such a young age. And these are people that could have really propelled the culture and took it to levels that we haven't even been able to tap into. Right. I think that's why it's important for us to have the conversations though. Like, you know, when you got age on your side and you got experience on your side and history on your side, it's a few things that you've already worked through. It's a few things that you've already accomplished. It's a few roads and bumps that you passed through already. Um, I think it's important to try to get that back to the youth. I think it's important to try to tell them, hey, hey listen, young blood, I already know what's good. I already know what's around that corner. You could listen to me and take heed or not, but I would like yeah, to, but T, to tell you what's to your point because I saw to, it. To your point, right? Like I'll give you an example. XXS Tentacion. I, I was on FaceTime with him because my boy mad at him. I'm like, yo, dog, you have what it takes. You have the skill set. Leave all the behind. He's 19 at the time. And it's like what, what Mel was saying earlier. Like, these are kids who are not gonna, they're gonna do what the they wanted to do at the end of the day. Now, he was making that turn. He was doing the proper steps he had to do, but it was already too late. You have MCs and these young cats are not, they're, they're going to do what they want to do because they're not going to operate on our time. We they, they have the blueprint in front of them. You have cats like freaking Jeezy who's out here trying to um, put on cats like Kodak Black, Lil Durk. There's cats that listen, but at the end of the day, this is the generation that they're going to do what they want to do. They're going to operate because they feel like they're bosses. You know what I'm saying? So it'll go one ear out the other. We can try. 
I, 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 I'm not a, I'm not a believer in, you know, like you got to keep going. You got to keep, you got to, you got to keep having those conversations. You got to keep have using teachable moments and keep leading by example. And, you know, for every ex that maybe didn't make it, you know, there's a young artist that did, there's a core band right. that figured it out. You know, there's, you know, whomever, there's the Joey badass out there in the pro era team. And I was like, Joey could have easily, sorry, could have been pop, right? Brooklyn, young, hot rappers, making noise. Um, but if you got enough people around and you got enough examples around, I think that we got to continue to, you know, we can't just throw our hands up and give up, you know, because then we won't have 50. No, absolutely not. I'm just, I'm just saying there's cats that you can keep pushing, you can keep pushing the story. You just got to be mindful that you can continue to push that narrative, but it might not work in your favor. And that's what we've been seeing in hip hop. I would want us to keep pushing because of course you want to maintain black lives. There's so many talented black kids that deserve to see their wins, but it's ultimately up to them at the yeah. end of the day. You can show them the order. Everyone, I'm sorry. Every one of those successful artists that I mean, you were talking about young artists that are doing it. Like I think about a boogie from Highbridge in the Bronx and everything, what he's been doing with his career, what he's, he's done a lot of things quietly. I know for a fact in the community, giving back in various ways to help people, but it's also too, every artist is not just an isolated Island. It's like they have families, they have friends, they have all of the people that are around them and the, on the business side too. So it's, you're, it's, it, it's taking away from that too. Mel, I'm sorry. You wanted to say something. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, what what people and not only young people, uh, what people got to understand is that life is meant to be enjoyed. You know, like everybody, like I said, through hip hop, they 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 sell you a narrative. This uh, oh yeah, well, at, every, you know, things was hard in the streets and and we were struggling. We were struggling. We started hip hop. <laughs> we're way harder than them, but we started hip hop. But the point that 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 we're not trying to sell, the point that the, the kids is missing is that you 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 gotta enjoy your life. You know, you 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 trying to be a tough guy, you trying to shoot guys. That's not a, it. After we had did Radio City, me and my girl went to the Forty Forty Club. We shut the joint down. We danced all night, and that's what I did all my life. And I'm sixty two years old. I could still dance all night, and that's still one of my high points in life, because it, it, it's a party. Hip hop was this beautiful party that was given to us for us to give to somebody else, and 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 the party has to keep going. You know, they they what they trying to do now is just make the party stop and make it about the lifestyle. It was the lifestyle that made the party that made our lives normal. That's the point where you know, and 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 and, and it has to be through music because I think the, the problem with hip hop is there's no balance. You got young kids trying to tell young kids how to live. You you got like I said you got to listen to Big Daddy Kane and Rock him and them and 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 look at what Fifty Cent is doing with his life and look at what Jay Z is doing with his life to understand how to live because they ain't in the street and they ain't going to be in the street and they ain't supposed to be in the street and you go you want to do that right now if you want to do that fine but at the end of the day it's not my fault you see what I'm saying well Mel you should talk to and I and I'm I'm going back to say I don't talk to kids I'm 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 a titan and uh, you know I'm I'm a true icon and if, if, if you want to understand what an icon is and if you could do your research on the whole gambit don't just study you know 135th street or don't just study you know where you come from that's one corner 
you have to study the whole gambit, then you'll have a better realization of what true hip hop is and what really what life is. Because this is this is this is what they gotta learn, and they're gonna learn one way or the other. They gotta learn the No, and life. some are learning some are, some are learning the hard way with with federal sentences of twenty to twenty-five years. Ralph, and do you feel the party? Do you feel that the party, you know, that whole party origin, you know, that just that core trait of hip hop is missing from today's music? I mean, people still party all the time. Do they go to clubs or whatever? But do you think there needs to be more fun? Always saying, Ralph, we lost. I'm in a noisy place, so I keep muting myself. Sorry about that. Okay, thank but you. I, um, I tell people when I fell in love with hip hop is when I saw the B Boys hit the girl hit the ground at a party. And it was something that up, up to that point, everybody was up rocking. They was just doing it like this. And then all of a sudden, the whole room just hit the floor. And I was like, oh, what just happened? And I looked down and it was cats spinning around on the floor. And I was like, oh, this is different. And and I knew I, that didn't happen in Bentley's. And that didn't happen in these places that my, my generation went to. And I said, this is different. I like this right here. And and it was all to these break records like Apache and all of these other songs that uh, that Herc and others played, um, and and it's just begun and all those type of James Brown, um, all these Sex Machine, all these songs that were from you know my parents' era, and I was like, I'm gonna stay over here. I like this. It feels fun and it feels like soul, and I like doing it. And I also was like, this is an opportunity to make some money, you know. So I started giving my home parties. Because nobody wanted to give us the party, and it was, and I could talk pretty decent, so I could go in and get the spot. And they'd be like, "All right, we give it to you, Ralph. Don't mess it up." And I'm like, "All right, no problem, y'all. Don't break nothing here. Don't do nothing crazy. No fighting. And this is it. We gonna get through tonight." And do, and do it like that, Carmel. And me personally, I really think it's coming back. Twenty 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 four, B boying is gonna be in the Olympics, and you're gonna see a different dynamic in hip hop to where's these guys that we think, you know, and this is going back to the lowest, like you would think that a B-Boy would be the lowest uh, in, in, as far as priority in hip-hop. These dudes are going to be stars. They're going to be stars like Flojo in them because it, 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 they're going to show a different level of competition. But And, and the thing with B-Boy is they kept the same dynamic. The energy is the same. And these dudes, is, you know, are, are, are almost are 45 years my junior, but they still, it's the same it's the same energy, it's the same music, it's the same songs. And and, and I think everything is going to turn around because, like I said, a, a, after 50 years, you know, things, you know, things happen for the young but they, and but and things happen for the old. But, uh, you know, overall, things happen for the culture. And I think Absolutely. the culture is going, to, is going to survive this. It's going to survive this. But then it's going to be something else. And, and but we still... As far as, you know, with the cornerstones of the culture, we still going to have to be the ones to stand up for what, you know, true hip hop is. Just to me, like I said, this is my new normal. This is a new normal. Carl, what, what about the what about the future of hip hop? We've seen a, a huge explosion of women, a female artist coming in. But in terms of the in terms of the future and just as an entertainment form, what do you think? And cool. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you hit it right on the nail. This is probably like the golden age right now for women in terms of the assortment of MCs that are coming in. Um, I mean, what Dochi has been able to do, what Lotto has been able to do, City Girl, Sexy Red, of course, Ice Spice getting, you know, four records in the top 10 her, her, her rookie year. That's the tie with Morgan Wallen right now for most artists, you know, right now in 2023. Um, I think for me, to be honest, I still want 
I'm going to challenge hip hop here, you know, because I think about it. There was a golden age where you had like, you know, who's the best MC, Biggie, Jay-Z and Nas. You had a, you had that trinity, right. you know, you had Jay-Z, uh, 50 M and then you had freaking Kendrick, Drake and Cole. I'm, I want to I want to challenge the new generation to see who's going to step up and give us that holy trinity of hip hop, because I think right now it's undefined. And I think, you know, we're going to need new leaders to really come and emerge and step up to the throne and make sure this is a generation that can be protected going forward. So I really hope that we're able to identify who those leaders are going forward for the new school. No, absolutely. And that's interesting here at the at this 50th 50th anniversary mark. There's there's no one dominant there's no one dominant new person. It's it's right. like and and that the state the stage is set. So it's a it's a big question, a big turning point too. I'm sure. Ralph, final word. Yeah, and, and also Lisa, you know we're pushing it forward. You know we we're going to different spaces. We're going to um, festivals. We're going to museums. All these places that people don't even realize hip hop is the number one thing in these places. Mel talk can talk about it traveling around the world multiple times. I got, I'm got. i going to places only because I was involved with hip hop. You know, so this continues, you know, D-Nice is doing radio, I mean, um, the Cassidy's doing Radio City, D-Nice is doing uh, the other place, you know, all these places that they can't fill them up anymore, so they need us. And we're presenting it in a way that people can enjoy themselves and have a good time. And and that's what this is all about, is continuing to push it forward. I, I wanna, I'm going to plug my... Queens Public Library card. Hey. I'm going hard to get this done because they don't that do that. Great. That's not traditionally something that happens in the library. And for 50th anniversary, we got a Queens Hip Hop Library card done by the legendary Shirt Kings, um, aerial of the graffiti artist from Queens. So and big up to Brooklyn and New York Public because they have their own library cards. And that, and that was a good, that was a great thing. And just one of the the many accomplishments. Guys, we're out of time, but I want to thank you all for being with us for this episode of Street Soldiers. Ralph McDaniels, Torre, Carl Lamar, and Grandmaster Melly Mel. Guys, thank you so, so much for being with us. We really appreciate it um, as we celebrate the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace, love, and justice for all. <laughs>